Good evening, y'all. Glad you could come in for this last lesson. I know there's not as many of us here for many have already departed summer camp this summer and have headed back to school or to be back at their, uh, their home for just a few days before heading back to college. Some have gone back to certain jobs and um, we're on our last lesson. Summer's over. We just have uh, this last week here and I have a very, very important message for you tonight. As we've been going through this series of uh, remaining in Christ as what and focusing on who am I in Christ and tonight, our last night, lesson eight we're doing, we are runners. We are runners. And this is a fitting one. I actually wrote this earlier in the series and after writing, I realized this is the one I got to finish with because this is really a powerful lesson to take with us. For you that are going back to high school or going back to college or wherever at the, at the end of this week, um, I want to thank you on behalf of the full-time staff for, for working and, and serving. And I know God is pleased that you have taken your responsibilities this summer. This has been one of the best summer staffs I've ever, I've ever experienced here. And I have been so impressed with so many of you, as I have told many of you. Well, we are about to leave here. And I know some people, Fort Wilderness is like a bubble. And they come here and they love when they're here because they're surrounded by Christians and they have people praying for them all the time. But then they go back into the, the secular world and it does get tough, and I understand that. Well, as we get ready to, to run into this lesson tonight, let's open in prayer and we'll get started. Father God, we come before you and we thank you for this summer and the victories that you have made. Many people have been added to your kingdom. In some cases, some marriages have been saved. And in probably hundreds of cases, people's faith has grown and people have grew closer to you. And we thank you for these, these victories. And we also thank you, Lord, for using us. As fallible as we are, your spirit indwelling us helps us to be able to be used, which now is our purpose in life, to be used by God in all sorts of endeavors. Tonight, Lord, as we look at this last lesson, as we open your scripture again, we ask that your spirit again would teach us and help us to see things, Lord, very clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. We are runners. Do you like to watch track events on TV or go to the colleges or schools and see them? That's not unusual. Even the ancient Greeks and the Romans did this. Matter of fact, they built huge facilities for holding such events, sports events and stuff. Some of the best known celebrities in the ancient world were actually athletes. It's true. Athletes that would participate in events held a fan base just like we do today. There were, they were like what we call our sports heroes today. They had them back then. And since the Greek and the Roman world was so familiar with track events, it's no wonder that Paul uses examples of these in describing who we are in Christ. And in this lesson, we're going to examine how we are 
like runners in a race. To fully understand this lesson, it's important for us to explore the ancient world of sports in the Greek and the Roman world. Both cultures built huge sports complexes to hold sporting events. Um, here I'm showing a picture. I know if you're listening on the internet, you can't see these, but I'm showing a picture of the Colosseum. Um, though I was not there, a friend, dear friend of mine took this picture when she was there on an archaeological tour and sent this back for me so I could use it. But let me show you some other ones, other sporting complexes. This is a palastra, which is an exercise room in uh, Caesarea Maritima, where I take people when I take them to Israel. It's a sports complex, as you can see here. Here's another one, the Hippodrome at the same place, uh, Caesarea Maritima. This is a horse track. It was also a theater, but primarily it was a horse track. Um, and here, here's one that always touches my heart when we go there. It's uh, a Roman amphitheater in Scythopolis, which is in the Old Testament. That place was called Bethshane. But just like in the Colosseum, in this amphitheater, we know that Christians were actually martyred here. Gladiators fought, but this was a place also Christians were killed. Here's another one just um, to the east of Jerusalem, a Roman amphitheater um, in what was used to be called in Roman days um, Eleutheropolis. Eleutheropolis. Um, today it's called Gervin, and it too is where gladiators fought and, and stuff. It stains, uh, or stands around there. You can see where people sat around and watched this. To the Greeks, sports was a means to enrich the mind and the body of an individual. To them, it was, there was a reason for it, a philosophical reason for doing this. Romans looked more to sports, though, in a different way. They looked at primarily the entertainment aspect. It wasn't so philosophical. It was entertainment. Now, Paul and other Christian writers traveling through Roman and Greek cities in their days, this is something that they were very familiar with because of the importance of sports in his day and how popular it was throughout the Roman Empire. Paul, at the urging of the Holy Spirit, has, and not just him, but other writers, uh, Luke and others, wrote about uh, uh, analogies of the Christian life using sports. And we see this in the New Testament in many books. Let me show you one. Acts chapter 13, verses 24 and 25, out of the English Standard Version. Before his coming, John had proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, What do you suppose that I am? I am not he. No. But behold, after me, one is coming, the sandals of whose feet I'm not worthy to untie. Now, in that phrase, it says, in that verse, it says, finishing his course. The word course that's used here, if you go back to the ancient Greek uh, manuscripts on this, the Greek word here is dromos which actually means, it literally means, a race track. It's a track where foot runners competed in ancient games. So Luke, in writing the book of Acts, is, actually uses a race course in his description. We just translate it in English as um, uh, finishing his course, but that's what he was talking about. Also, that's not the only place. If you turn your Bible to Acts 20, 24, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. You see how Luke is, I, is tying both these things together. The sports event uh, uh, area, the track, the course, to the ministry. 
And here again, Paul uses this one in uh, Galatians chapter 2, verse 2. I went up because of revelation and set before them, though privately before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaimed among the Gentiles in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. Okay, the word running here, go back to the Greek manuscripts. The word running here that we translate running is the word treko. Treko means to literally run like an athlete would run in a competition in a Greek game. Uh, figuratively, it means advance, advancing very speedily, like an athlete moving forward in, in full effort and directed purses, like a person is sprinting at a race. That's what this is describing. Paul uses many analogies of sports. And even in his last letter, he pens to Timothy in 2 Tim um, his description of his Christian life in sports terms. He really does. Look at 2 Tim 4, 7, and 8. Keeping this in mind, see what he says. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And one of the clearest passages on this topic comes from a letter written to the Corinthian church by Paul. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, if you look there, 1 Corinthians 9, 24, English Standard Version, again I'm reading, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to re uh, receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. You see, in this passage, Paul describes how we must be disciplined in our walk to receive the prize at the end of the race. In ancient times, people would run to get an olive wreath that they would put on their head. That's why he's talking about it's perishable. It's a perishable thing. Discipline is needed in our walk to receive the prize at the end of the race. Discipline in our walk is needed. I've stated many times that to grow spiritually and to walk close with the Lord, one must study the Word of God and pray often. That is the spiritual nourishment that feeds our souls. But it's, it just doesn't happen easily. As with any sport, practice is necessary to be the best. Whether it be football, track, tennis, basketball, baseball, horseback riding, soccer, what, whatever your sport, it's necessary to practice. And to practice, you must be disciplined to set aside time for it. All of you in here who are in sports, you all know exactly what I'm talking about. Let me give you an example. I remember a former student of mine who was an All-American in baseball and softball. And um, this gal was absolutely gifted. And not just did it come easy for her, Missy Novak was her name. She was extremely disciplined. She became an All-American in basketball and softball. Once she was in middle school, middle school, she would always come to school at 5 a.m. Most of us, our hearts aren't even beating at that time of the morning. But she would be at the school at 5 a.m. to practice shooting, dribbling, and pitching with her dad. 
She was so disciplined at this that she continued this trek all through high school. I was usually one of the first teachers at school to get to school, and many times she's already there. I would get there between 6 and 6.30. She was already there. You could always go down to the gym, find her down there. I'm telling you, to do that at 5 a.m. every single day, that takes discipline. And in doing so, she became one of the best at her sports. In fact, she got so good, she was elected to the U.S. softball team. Yeah, they used to have that in the Olympics. <laughs> they don't anymore. They removed it for trampoline. Never understood that one. Though I don't mean any offense to anybody who's into trampolines, but softball, not in the Olympics, and they put trampoline in there. Let's move on. Don't get me started on this. <laughs> this girl... Missy Nowak, she understood discipline, and we must grasp that same concept in studying the Word and communing with God so that we can finish as winners too. Paul's not the other one who wrote this way. We're also given a tremendous challenge in our walk with Christ and the way that we live by the writer of the book of Hebrews. In this passage, Hebrews chapter 12, one can almost visualize a gymnasium and a racetrack and a race taking place. The reader even speaks of the of the disciple needing to win a race. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, it's like the stands, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let me just close this summer series out with this analogy of who we are in Christ, dealing with sports. I came up with a few things that I hope will help you in your race that is about to begin again after we leave Fort. Five things I want to show you. First of all, athletes love the game. Athletes love the game. We should love working for Christ. Yep, we should love working for Christ. I gave up teaching in the school to do this, to come to Fort, and I love working at Fort. Two, athletes follow the rules. Very important. You get disqualified otherwise. We need to follow the commandments of Jesus, or there's repercussions that happen to us, even spiritually. Three, athletes stay the course even when it gets tough. They're not quitters. We, too, should stay the course and run with endurance. I know there were days that Missy Novak came and she wasn't feeling good, yet she still was disciplined to do the best and to, to work out. Fourth, athletes know how to practice teamwork. We need to work as a team on the body of Christ. With an earlier lesson we had about the church and how important it is as living stones, we need to be this way. And finally, athletes know discipline. Yes, they do. We must be disciplined in our walk, in our Bible study time, in our prayer life, because it won't come easy. Just as Missy would get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, we need to get up and get our act going too. And I know some people say, well, I like to study the Bible at night. I used to be that way too until my youth leader when I was in high school challenged me. If you only read and study your Bible at night, how do you put into practice what you just read? So I switched and started doing it in the morning. I'm not saying you have to. You do it the, the time you can discipline yourself to do it. That's when you do it. Though I do think doing it in the morning is probably better, but I'm not going to judge you on that whatsoever. 
Let me just finish with this because I think this is so pertinent to what we're talking about. The Olympic Creed. You ever read the Olympic Creed? When athletes go in to the stadium, they recite this. And this is what I want to end with. Quote, the most important thing in the Olympic Games is not to win, but to take part. Just as the most important thing in life is not the triumph, but the struggle. The essential thing is not to have conquered, but to have fought well, unquote. That creed should be something that we Christians should have a Christian creed on that. It's a fantastic creed. Father, we thank you for this series that we've done and for sharing with us so many wonderful things from your word. And I pray for all these people who are now going out, whether they're here in front of me now or if they're listening on the internet, but Lord, for all of us to realize the most important thing is to fight well. Help us to be disciplined. Help us to grow spiritually. Lord, protect them as they go out into Satan's domain. Protect them. Spirit of God, burn inside them a desire to have time set aside each day to spend with you. That's how they will spiritually grow. So help us all. I thank you so much for this series. I thank you for them who have listened. In Jesus' name, amen.